When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another episode of First to the Floor. Happy New Year. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well and not too busted up after celebrating, whether that was New Year's or the Celtics dominating the Spurs of San Antonio, winning 134 to 101, guys. Wayne Spoonie, Jake Eisenberg are both here. Spoonie, Happy New Year. How's it going, man? Happy New Year, dude. We started off with a bang at 7 p.m. New Year's Eve. My power went out for the entirety of the night. So <laughs> luckily it's the, yeah, luckily it's the 21st century. So I watched the game on my phone as I'm like nice. constantly checking the battery life. But it made it through. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, nice. we, we also lost power in, on Christmas Boxing Day. And it was like... I still had my power bank phone data, so I'm just still cranking through the NBA games. Oh, yeah. And my grandparents are just like, they just sit in their chair looking out the window. And I'm like, I guess they're happy <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Power comes At least on. you have an obsession to consume through your phone yeah. when all, all else <laughs> right. fails. Jake, any, uh, any exciting events to report from, from New Year's Eve? Um, We went camping like at this awesome... Like old camps, like old campsite where a festival used to be, and like there's like the relic of all the stages and stuff. Oh, cool! And oh, nice. we and we kind of know some and know some people, so we're able to sneak in there, and we brought like speakers and everything, and had like a secret uh, uh music like festival set. Um, oh, like that's, an abandoned that's awesome! Festival that's, set. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it was great. Love it. Good to hear. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Some housekeeping quickly before we get into it. Please subscribe to the First of the Floor YouTube channel. We're closing in on 3,000 subscribers, so please like the stream here on YouTube as well. Help us navigate the evil algorithm. Check out Wayne Spoonie's weekly column, Three Leaf Clover on Celtics Blog. And speaking of Celtics Blog, sign up to their playback room, playback.tv slash Celtics Blog, featuring us along with many of the Celtics Blog staff hosting live watch parties for every Celtics game. Okay. We're going to get to the Spurs game real quick. Plus, there will be another gushing over Derek White segment. We'll circle oh, yeah. back on the Cornet Cater discussion. We've got a listener email with a solid proposal for a new Kristaps Porzingis nickname, some Celtics New Year's resolutions, a whole lot more coming up. But first, Spoonie, the Spurs game. You watched it on your phone. How did the Seas <laughs> defeat the Spurs so handily? Uh, you know, everybody looked really small for some reason, even when Ben Yama. Uh, but <laughs> I think... Uh, Ultimately, like the Spurs are just terrible. Uh, They just don't have shooting. They don't play Jones at all, even though he's the only point guard on the roster. I I don't even know if he cracked 20 minutes against us. Um, And they're just kind of a a complete mess. I don't really know what to think about that team other than Vassal is really good or Vassell is really good. And Mm -hmm. Wemby is an alien. He's a freak. He's a giraffe. Um, And but like just a complete professional domination and by the Celtics. And I didn't even think they played that well, especially defensively in the first half. I thought they were terrible and Scal was calling them out, man. They were just getting cracked off the dribble by everybody. And the Spurs were kind of hot early, but then they turned it on that third quarter. They just absolutely ab- like obliterated them, flew right by them and the offense all night long, the Spurs could do absolutely nothing. Even with Wemby out there protecting the rim. Mm-hmm. This was, I really appreciated this game because, New, you know, day ahead in Australia, New Year's Day, coming back, streaming for the playback game. And I've been in some, I've been having a flu, self, a few self-inflicted flu games across the playback <laughs> streams um, of course. in this period of the year. But we're, we're clear, we're fresh, and I'm feeling good for this pod. But man- this was like, I don't know who you assigned the, the credit to. Does Brad Stevens get the credit because this team's so good they can kind of sleepwalk yeah. to a 30-point win? Do you assign uh, credit to Greg Popovich for doing a Bill Belichick and creating just a terrible, terrible roster? Like, this <laughs> this team is so bad. Like, Keldon Johnson was out, so that 
kind of that he's like their second best player. But man, they have I have no idea what they're doing out there. Like the the yeah, they they stayed in the game early, and me and Jackson were watching the game, and we we're like, feels like we're up twenty already. We're up seven, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it was it was just good times. It felt like Geno time, kind of like halfway through the third quarter, and uh, yeah, they kind of just slept walked to a like a huge yeah. net rating boost again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a very non threatening game, very very soothing for my anxiety there yes. of the game being on January first here in Australia. Uh, I, yeah, sorry. I was like, what date is it again? January 1st. <laughs> um, quick shout out to Muse31 in the yep. chat, uh, by the way, for this super chat. Five bucks. Thank you so much. We, oh, yeah. we did a little shout out to all the, the listeners uh, on, on Twitter yesterday. So happy New Year to everyone. We appreciate all of you. Love that you're all here in the chat hanging out with us. So thanks for that super chat, Muse31. A stat here from Dick Light, the Sultan of Stat. Just some Dick Light <laughs> early in the year for all of us guys. This is the seventh straight game that the Celtics have scored 120 plus points, uh, which Greeny, I think, refers to as the magic number that's his version of the magic number their longest streak since 1967 a team record was nine uh of nine was set back in 1960 what i uh was thinking during the third quarter of this game was uh something that i i've calling in my mind the pincer move the third quarter <laughs> pincer move which is like the Got celtics it. offense can obviously be really really good Obviously, sometimes it doesn't need to be because the defense is often amazing. And defensively, they have this other gear that they can go to. But when they are doing both of those things at the same time, it's absolutely ridiculous. And to do that against this, like, bottom of the barrel San Antonio Spurs team, like they did in the third quarter of this game, the pincer movement, offensively and defensively (laughs) crushing, they need to be investigated for assault or like a bullying of some sort because it was absolutely disgusting and shameful the way that they beat down uh, this Spurs team in the third quarter. Um, what else? What else stood out to you guys? Because um, yeah, it was just a non-threat of a game. Yeah. It, was, it was very, very pleasant overall. Yeah, I think uh, I we went double bigs a lot, which mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why. Because I don't. Uh, oh, what is his name? The center they have, Zach Collins. Yeah, I don't think he played. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really just Wemby and then a bunch of wings uh, that they were playing against. But Corn Dog and Al played six oh, minutes no. together. Minus 33 net rating, small sample size, but it did not look good when those two were sharing the court. And I don't think it really has all season, but Joe hasn't gone to it a ton. Corndog and KP, though, three minutes plus 108 net rating. Again, that's like maybe you outscore them by five points in that small sample size. But mm-hmm. in Al KP, 13 minutes plus 67.1. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think like these weird Cornet and another center lineups or something we're going to keep seeing? Or is it Joe just like farting around or... I like it's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's a little bit to do with just trying to get deeper into the bench and giving Cornette a few more minutes, like because he is kind of the ninth man in the rotation. So, like, if you're if you're only playing him as a single big, um, how much is he really going to get out there when you've got Al and Campy KP playing at the same time? So, I wonder if it's just like trying to get the minutes down of the other guys. I mean, we love that Al Horford sub. 20 minutes pausing is at 30 minutes. I feel like we could have, could have, it just felt like the rotation got to the end of the fourth quarter. And it's like, well, whoever's played that many minutes has played that many minutes. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. But we saw it in the, in the Pistons game before Cornette came back a lot of K to Al uh, min- uh, minutes or Al Kader. <laughs> I was like, depending on which uh, way you like to look at it. He, um, I wonder if that's part of it is just trying to get deeper into the bench and double bigs is a way to do it. Cause I, I think they should definitely keep, using the Al Porzingis oh, yeah. double double bigs lineup. I know it hasn't been awesome by the numbers, but I think they have to keep using it, get better at it. Um, Cause I think there's definitely going to be a place for it in the playoffs against maybe the Sixers or the Bucks. Um, just having a jumbo lineup that you can go to, you want to have reps in there. And, um, and yeah, so I wonder if it's just like, it, it's like uh, trading with a weight vest on. Hey Al, like imagine if Porzingis <laughs> was Cornette. And so then, when you when and pausing it actually goes out there, it's like, oh, I'm ready. I'm I'm 25 again, and I'm just moving and moving and grooving. <laughs> yeah, you, you've beaten the game, and now you're circling yeah, yeah. back and speed running on a higher difficulty <laughs> just to challenge yourself a little bit. In Al Horford's case, yeah, I mean, Joe Mazzola might call it experimentation. We obviously, as you've heard, we'll call it farting around, um, just seeing what you've got <laughs> with different lineups and combinations. Um, and look, Cornette, and we'll get to it in a little bit more detail soon. Cornette's been great, so like, give him yeah. the opportunity to play with someone better than you know a string of bench players and see what he's capable there. Um, but obviously, small sample size, like you said, Spoonie. 
Miami not looking great so far. Something else I've noticed from the team in this game and really since I've come back from the road trip was a healthier ratio uh, offensively speaking. So not just like specifically hunting mismatches always like they were doing earlier in the season. Yes, still some of that, but also a good balance of that and like just playing good offense, moving the ball, motion style offense and, and a heavy uh, ratio of set plays and good reliable set plays in, in the half court as well. So it feels like and the, the offensive rating reflects this. I think in the last, I had the stat here written here somewhere. In the last two weeks, two we're weeks. cleaning the glass. Yeah, there yeah. we go. One of my favorite the stats Ben Vallis, of all time. yeah, trademark. <laughs> Signature BV stat. Last two weeks, both cleaning the glass. First ranked offense, first ranked point differential. So mm. uh, I think that's bearing out in obviously what we're seeing on the court as well. 11th ranked defense, but, you know, we did let the Pistons run up like 120-something on us in, yeah. in overtime there. So maybe a little dirty stat. Um, whereas obviously the offensive side of things is, is pure, guys. Are you noticing that at all as far as like the just the, the higher, healthier ratio, offensively speaking? The offense has been the thing, that, which makes sense to be the last thing to come around. And the last couple of weeks, this offense has just been ridiculous. And again, like they're not like, there's been a few games where they've shot really well, but again, like yesterday, they shoot 35% from three and just get to 135 points so easily. I understand it's mm. the Spurs. But yeah, the offense, everyone's kind of, I feel like, understanding what everyone's strengths are. Uh, Porzingis being maybe king among them all. Like everyone, is, as soon as he gets the mismatch on someone to throw him the ball, and you just see the defenses of the opposing team just freak out. And, and he's so patient down on the block and he can... You know, he, he he holds the ball into the rafters depend on whatever stadium he's in. No one can get to it. He just gets his his little lean booty into someone and he like throws a uh, fake pass to someone. Defenses go back out, gets more space, get another bump, can go back um, and shoot over the top or if they do overhelp, try and double. He's just making really easy passes. And it's just like, and Tatum did it as well yesterday in the post. It's just like teams really freak out. And I would almost let, Tatum and Al, I mean, and Porzingis just ISO. It, it's a pick your poison because if the, if you double, Tatum's a good enough passer, Porzingis is a good enough passer, one pass away, and then the Celtics are in, in ball movement mode. And when they're moving the ball and attacking warp defenses, it's just impossible to deal with them. So it's like, I, I guess we have to live with Tatum ISOing mismatches and Porzingis ISOing mismatches. Otherwise, you get this athleticism and skill whirring around. I just don't know how you deal with it. Yeah, you uh, you can't really, right? <laughs> I mean, that's reflected in the stats. We're just like blowing people apart. Um, yeah, so I thought they had been playing faster. So yeah. I looked up the last 10 game pace numbers and it does it's not really reflected in yeah, that. So what I think, it, yeah. So I think we're like 23rd in pace over that. But that pace number is just like, how fast do you take a shot, mm -hmm. right? And that it doesn't feel like they're playing faster in that way, but just like when they're getting into their sets, they're doing it a little earlier. And then when they see one of those mismatches, they just seize on it so fast. Like Jake, you've been, you've been uh, rightly complaining about the passes not really being crisp mm. when you see someone open. Uh, I still think we have that problem sometimes, <laughs> but it's definitely gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. And they're doing such a better job of like the second KP gets that switch, he's got the ball. Like there's no him like waving around, like, please give me the ball, Dion Waiters style. Um, like he just boom, oh, he's in the high post. There's a small on him, just give it to him, go from there. And that's not gonna be fast pace for as far as that stat catches, but it's quick offense and it they're just executing so well. Like it and everybody down the line like even Pritchard's out here looking like a star man like he's all over the place he's crossing people up and getting into people and when you get like a team confidence like that it builds it's like the rising tide lifts all boats man like everybody starts feeling good about themselves and then you get the best version of each individual role player too and like we've seen it with Cornette He's like looking good in the handoff game. I, I've dubbed it the corn hub. Um, <laughs> like, people are just like flying yes. around him. He's laying it off. He's reading it right. He's pulling it, hitting little dump over passes. So um, that I, I'm not sure how much better you can play offense than the Celtics currently are right now. Maybe shots go down a little more, but that's, you know, that's results over process.
Yeah, can, can we call it a plug-and-play offense? Are we, are we getting to that point? Because, yeah, Pritchard comes in with seven assists, like predominantly in garbage time last night. Uh, Luke Cornett is suddenly catching the ball on those dump-offs reliably out of nowhere, silencing the haters. Uh, and everyone is... Even Delano Banton, I thought, obviously a deep, oh, deep no. garbage time. I was re-watching yeah. parts of the game that I missed yesterday, yeah. this morning. He was scintillating to watch as, as part of this system. So is it plug-and-play or is it just a collection of talented players who could be plugged in elsewhere? seamlessly also it's i think it's a buy-in and you see as soon as joe goes into the bench these guys are so ready to go they're ready to play fast they're hustling on d they're grabbing rebounds they're they're Svee. i love the way Svee plays he's coming in there flying off handoffs yeah. you hit him with a with a smitty bang bang dump off to the <laughs> to the corn hub down low and <laughs> threw it threw it down like everybody comes in and they're just flying around uh, I love to see even, you know, Lamar Stevens caught a great pass from Banton in the corner, drives it, uh, finds Cater down low for the and one. Um, it was good to see um, the extended minutes from the bench to see if uh, anyone can pop a little bit. Man, Brissette, it's so funny, dude. Like, he's he just is bad at putting the orange ball into the basket. Like, that's just, yep. he's really bad at that thing. <laughs> yes. but, you know, he's, he's so good at everything else. He's, he's six foot eight, <laughs> relatively athletic. Uh, tries really hard and that's going to make you like a $1.9 million per year for like a decade if you just, and great guy, great guy, media vibes. Like he, he's bringing, he knows his, he knows his role, intangibles, important. Everybody seems to love him. And like you, you interestingly, I'm not sure if everybody saw like Hayward was on the, the po- podcast P, I think it's called yeah. thing. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if, that, if you put on, that on the run sheet, I'm jumping ahead here, but um, it's like the opposite of that team. Mm-hmm. Everybody's totally. everybody's bought in all the way through the roster, as opposed to Haywood saying today, like everybody with with differing agendas. Um, this is opposite with this team. Like I don't I, like talent wise, this team's probably better. But, um, but that team like barely like got over fifty wins, and they should mm-hmm. have like easily cracked sixty plus and gone to the conference finals. But um, yeah, love yeah, to that. See it. that- that Hayward clip gave me some much-needed closure that I didn't realize I've been holding <laughs> yeah. on to inside my <laughs> yeah, subconscious for years now. Um, on on Brissette, like, it, I don't know. This is, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but, like, with my wife here at home, she'll say to me, you know, you can do the washing, you can hang it out, but if you don't bring it back in and fold it, then what's really the point? And it's, it's the same with Brissette. You can do everything, but if you can't put the ball in the bucket, like, how helpful are you really? You know, like, if I need to help you with every load of washing, then I may as well just do it all myself. Anyway. Bad analogy. <laughs> but let's move on. What do you guys think of Wemby? Jake, we'll start with you. Um, obviously, the dude's an alien. He uh, presents a lot of matchup nightmares. I, th- I think you can certainly see the potential for that in, in upcoming seasons. He had one play where he like absolutely cooked Al Horford off the dribble. Al, yeah. who has shut down like notable MVP caliber players in recent years. Um, obviously, he's on the losing side in Wemby's case, um, but he certainly had some flashes in this one. What do you think? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I remember Spoonie coming into the season. You and me were like, gonna try and take. It's gonna it. be that good. Like, how yeah. good are we talking here? <laughs> yeah. I think. I think the take was like, Wemby's not going to be as good as SGA ever became or ever like is. And that actually, I was, I was kind of wavering in the preseason with uh, how good Wemby looked. And then thankfully, SGA has actually gone up another level. So, mm-hmm. like, if Wemby became as good as um, SGA, I feel like that's a pretty good result for any player. Yeah. I'm still not sure I see the like the crazy hyperbole that everybody was getting to before the season about him being like the best player in the NBA on his rookie contract at some point. Like the second coming of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Obviously, he's on just a garbage garbage team that's just not designed for him to do anything really and him having a lack of a point guard I think is teaching him some bad habits like the he's just his shot selection is horrific like he he made three of eight threes yesterday but they're just like walk in pull up like dare i say jason tatum shots here and there but um <laughs> but like he's he's, he's shooting 29 percent from three that's across all three point attempts um looks this season and i don't know i, I just don't I didn't feel him at all yesterday it, it in the in the paint, both offensively and defensively. And it's like, isn't that kind of the whole point? I get that it's cool that you've got the extra perimeter skills. That should be like secondary. It should be, I think, and maybe you'll get there again so early, but, you know, zero rebounds in the first half. Um, 
didn't really feel him defensively or offensively in the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, he just seems his offense seems so reliant on the jump shot going yeah. in. Like he doesn't really get to the rim, and maybe that's a function of the team around him sucking so bad that they can't ever get him easy looks. So when he does have a big game, it's on all these like crazy pull ups and like mid range jump shots. But he's seven five. He can't post up. He's just too thin right now. And then as he ages, maybe that'll help. But yeah, like. I, is is he better than Chet right now? No. I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, think Chet's so. Right? Way like, well, I mean, le- yeah. Every go ahead, Ben. Uh, well, just Chet is playing with a legitimate point guard yeah, who can right. set the table, which is a huge difference. But sorry, Spoonie, I cut you off. Yeah, no, I was going to say, but everyone's comparing Wemby. He's the next LeBron. He's the best uh, prospect since LeBron. LeBron was a monster the second he stepped foot on a bad team, and he made them good. Um, so I, I think his expectations are like totally unreasonably high and he's definitely not meeting them to me, but he's probably going to be one of the best. He's going to be an all-star at the very yeah. least, probably an all NBA guy. But, uh, and the defense, I, I don't want to knock him too much for it because like that, it like pop pop buddy might be time to retire, dude. <laughs> like they're a <laughs> mess, coasting. man. We talked about yeah. Tatum coasting. Greg Popovich is coasting this season. Absolutely. It's Ben coasting, dude. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, he's going to be great, but like, yeah, I'm with you, Jake. The hyperbole, the craziness, it, it's not justified yet, and maybe it will be, but man, that team sucks. They do suck a lot. Yeah. But yeah, with, with Wemby, like the talent is clearly there. The yeah. dimensions, it's dimensions oh, porn over here for me watching Wemby play. He's, <laughs> he's incredible in that side of things. But, yes. you know, like that play where White was was trailing him and going yeah. for the steal and he lifted the ball up over his head. It's like, I don't know, like we get it. He's fucking tall. Like, so what? Like, next play. I didn't think that was that amazing. Okay. Um, but like the, the template is there. Uh, I respect the shit out of the San Antonio Spurs organization. They're like my second favorite like franchise in the league. So if there's somewhere uh, or someone to nurture a talent and a skill set like Wemby, it better be the Spurs. So I was glad to see him go there. I think he's going to be great under the, the tutelage of everyone there. And that goes way beyond Greg Popovich. They've got a lot of good personnel uh, in their front office there. So good Zag. luck to them. Is the Zag and Bill Simmons flagged this the other day. It's like, is, is the Spurs organization that good still? <laughs> like, similar to the Patriots and it's like you know you were the greatest dynasty in the history of the sport but it's like this is a A brain drain yeah what what have you done for me lately business and Derek White trade terrible um the Wembenyama pick obviously but like that's just pure luck that they got the first overall pick right so we're gonna see because right now they've they've like they could they were gonna be terrible no matter what team they put around him but like the fact that they're not putting Trey Jones on the court. So he can just like run pick and roll with anybody. Like he, they, they, they didn't run pick and roll at all yesterday. It's no. like, what are we, what are we doing? So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's fair to be like, let's, let's, let's see the Spurs make one good move first. And then maybe we can go back to them being <laughs> one of the greatest organizations in the history of the sport. But I, <laughs> just quickly shout out to rodrigo yeah. in the chat with the the super chat donation there thank you so much shout out to all the brazilians all the south americans out there oh, big, yeah, big hooper nation brazil they've had some good oh, yeah. olympic squads in the past so uh shout out to all the brazilians there and, and thank you for the, the donation there uh i will say with the spurs just quickly it's funny like before we started this pod i was like guys we've got so much on the run sheet i'll move us along quickly and i haven't done that so i apologize <laughs> but we're having fun that's the main thing yeah, with dude. the spurs yep. and a- any organization it's like no one to be good and no one to be bad and i feel like you talk about what have you done for me lately with the Spurs? They have picked a good time to be bad. Trading Derek White away was a part of that. Let's get worse. Let's increase our chances of getting a potentially generational player, an all-time player. Um, maybe we're shitting on him a little too hard so early yeah. in his career. Well, he's really a terrible team, but that's part of the fun. I'm not going to call it schadenfreude, but it's like no, no, no. when he had that early stretch and, and I guess summer preseason as well, I was like, shit, we better win a title soon because... Wemby's going to take over the league soon. Like, obviously, those <laughs> feelings have dissipated, thankfully. So that that's why I guess I'm happy and, and just lightly dipping my toes in some Schadenfreude that it's not working out in, in the short term for them. But uh, love Wemby, love the Spurs. Guys, let's get on uh, quickly, I should say, to some individual performances from this game. Starting with Jason Tatum. We've been begging for this for a while. An efficient three-point shooting game, five of 10 from three. I, I stopped short of writing like, and better decision-making because there were some quite terrible turnovers in this game. It 
both, I think, in, in quick succession later in the game. But um, better decision-making uh, from beyond the arc. I thought that a lot of his shots came much more within the flow of the offense. Some, sure, like he just hit them. And so it's easier to, to, to heap on some praise here. But all in all, um, going through a list of individuals, it's hard to point out who had a bad game, but Tatum much better than weeks past in this one, Jake. What do you think? So the, the Green with Envy guys had a great tweet today who I think were at the game. But so Tatum took 10 three-point attempts last night, which, you know, if, you, if that's all you knew, you'd be like, oh, here we go again with the terrible threes. But he took six dribbles on his 10 three-point attempts yesterday. So wow, that's nice. Some catch and shoot stuff. And when he was getting to the pull-up, it's like coming off a screen, one dribble, two dribbles max. Like there's a very big difference in the in the types of three-pointers that he's taking in, even within the pull-ups. And last night, if, again, it's always it's hard to discern a little bit when they're actually going in versus missing. They felt better last night, and I think that's reflected in the amount of dribbles that he was taking uh, last night. But, man, when, when the three-pointers going in, he's literally just – unstoppable and that's kind of maybe why he you want him to keep shooting them because they can win any game where he shoots three for ten from three anyway it's like not even that big of a deal but when he does have the five for ten games uh, like in game six against milwaukee then there's not no chance especially with this team as well it's like when they do go down and he goes on a heater and i when he's in the playoffs he's he's, he's playing more inside out and he's taking these pull-up threes it's just a supernova level that you can't touch. And that's the version of Tatum that takes the team to a whole new level. And so, which is why they can just like sleepwalk to a 30 point win and Tatum can sleepwalk his way to 25. What do you even have in the end? I don't even know. I was just like watching the game yesterday. I'm like, he's not even trying, dude. And he's going to have like a, nope. a LeBron stat line. 25, 25. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it goes to sort of the growth of Tatum that he was feeling it from three. And I kind of didn't really notice him all that much out there in a good way. Like he didn't try to force himself onto this game. Like he knew the team's good enough. He's going to get up some open catch and shoot threes. He's going to get to the rim a few times and play some defense. And that's it. it only took 17 shots, um, which is, I think... I, I don't mind Tatum taking more than that, but in a game like that where just about everybody else has a mismatch on you as well, why not? Um, that is a hilarious comment that you put on the screen. Uh, <laughs> Wemby needs Zion Chef from Mr. Mordon. He's got to get some gumbo, dude. That's yeah. that'll work quick. But um, so yeah, I just thought like a tidy professional Jason Tatum game. Like he didn't try to do too much, and that's just fine with the team you have around you when you're playing the Spurs. For sure. Derek White, to move on, let's start with this. I mean, the vibes like continue to elevate. How do the vibes, like, I have to add, like, more whiteboard manually to the (laughs) big one in my house to continue to track the vibes upwards. I'm running out of vertical space. It's ridiculous. And, you know, the the fans, they're they're everywhere in every arena, it seems. You you mentioned the Green with Envy guys. Go check out their pod because they were at the game uh, last night, uh, probably taking part in these these chants for Derek White. But, (laughs) you know, he had a great game. Coach Pop was just like... Absolutely beaming with positivity for Derek White, rightfully so after the game. D. White had 17, 5, and 3 on 7 of 11 shooting in this one. Zero turnovers. Just, uh, you know, like not jumping off the page in any one particular stat, maybe other than the turnovers, but just like continues to be like the fulcrum of the team's stability there. Um, Spoonie, we'll go back to you. Jake, I, oh, just, you just got to hold it in for a little bit longer. Oh, man. I'm just, I'll be quick. <laughs> I'm basking, just basking in it. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I think Scal said this, and I think it's something that's been said before is like he talked to Pop, and Pop's like, I always had to convince Derek how good he was. Um, and I feel like that's a mindset a lot of guys don't get over, and it, they might wash out of the league if you don't have incredible confidence. So, um, shout out Ravens. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for the donation. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, like, I feel like that's a mindset that can, like, make you no longer an NBA player if you don't have that belief, that confidence. And, like, to see Derek go from a guy who doesn't totally think he belongs in the NBA to 
whatever the hell we're watching like prime kyle lowry i mean like he's insane on both sides of the ball now man it's nuts so i will cede my the rest of my time to jake to allow him to bask some more gentlemen it's very Derek white of you yes yes rivens i know no beds inside this uh session but you know the game you know was was last night and that's when we need uh need the beds but look man i has has there I don't know if there's ever been a season. Like, has there ever been a, like a higher approval rating across the board? Not just within the team himself. You're getting the JJ Reddicks, the um, just the 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 Twitter, you know, Nikias Duncan's, the Jackson Franks. Like across the board, people just truly, truly appreciating what we've kind of been seeing and seen grow since he's arrived in in Boston. And like when when he got traded from San Antonio, I, it was tr- shocking how positive the outpouring was from Derek White. Because, you know, he was really good against the Celtics. I'd seen him be good, but, like, never never thought that he would be be this. And and to be fair, he's gone up multiple levels since arriving here from the guy that he even was in San Antonio. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe I take back all the slander I had on Popovich and the Spurs because without, <laughs> I guess, the way they nurtured that sweet little, that sweet fro from Buffalo um, into the to the beautiful bald man that he is today. I mean, we got you got to tip your cap, but he's just having a special <laughs> season, and like you yes. really just enjoy the ride, so to speak. But um, there was this guy. Um, I went to this party um, at this uh, bar one time. It was it? It was last year. It was like halfway through the season. Derek White was playing awesome, and I, and I, you know, you, you're out and about. Sometimes. You, you, some, you start talking about basketball, it comes up some way and then someone will say something and you're like, oh, this person actually is a, he speaks NBA. Like you lock he eyes speaks from the across language. the room. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then we and we spend the next like two hours just like standing in the corner, just like talking about the Eastern Conference and the race and whatever. And he was just like not, he's like, I get Derek White's good, but, you know, he's not. He's not moving the needle in a series against X, Y, and Z. Like the Cavs could beat the Celtics and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what? Look, I'm like, <laughs> I, and I think about him a lot, actually. I think about that guy a Derek lot. No, I will. Sorry. But I think about both. But that guy in the bar, I'm like, I wonder if he thinks about that night that we spent together and how I had 30 minutes of Derek White propaganda, just like, you know, get, one more drink. I'll be back in a second to tell you more about how good Derek White is. And he's like, I, I just, he's fine, but he's not this guy. And I think about if he sees what's happening with Derek White, it's like, damn, that that guy I met in that bar one night, he was, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Look, we're going to come back in a second and talk about Jalen Brown and some other individual performances. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. I got made fun of last episode for Pistons plus five against the Raptors and maybe sprinkling <laughs> a little bit on the money line. Cha-ching. And, uh, did, did I get helped slightly by the fact that the Raptors made a trade, sending OG Ananobi out the door, allowing him not to play in that game? Maybe. But I think the process is sound here. I would live bet the Pistons <laughs> right now to hang with the Rockets who have been kind of sliding lately. And, mm-hmm. uh, and by the way, I don't like the board. Side note, I was like really keen for the Heat Clippers game to bet on that one. Jimmy Butler's out again on track to miss 20 plus games again. He seems to skate on just like being like not playing any games anymore. But uh, yeah, just live bet the Pistons. Love it. Gamble responsibly, folks. Let's uh, let's get through the rest of these individual performances very quickly. Starting with a comment here from Eric Weiss in the chat. How about Jalen Brown continuing to absolutely roast single coverage? I might be having the most fun 
like of all individual performers watching Jalen yeah. Brown more than anybody else because when he's playing like this and speaking of, a few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, is Jalen Brown playing the best basketball of his career? Turned out he was. Is mm-hmm. he, Jake, playing even better now? Has he continued to improve since that, that data point three weeks ago? Well, that was the tricky part was like, he, the process looks better. He seems like he's buying into making the right play, making the extra pass, look, finding guys. But the shot making wasn't like the shot making last year when he made all NBA second team was really, really good. The, the three point ball wasn't quite as good as previous years, but he was just killing everybody uh, from a scoring perspective. And that wasn't quite the case when we were having those discussions, but now he's, he's on fire. Like, Anytime he gets in the post, these mid-range fadeaways like MJ style, he every time last night when I was streaming the game with Jackson, he he got the ball, he pump fake, pivot, fade away, and I'm just like, money, money, and it goes. He's just elite from that spot right now. And now the three-pointer has started to come as well. So right now you add the efficient scoring and he's just not forcing it. Like he has 13 shots last night and he's moving the ball. He absolutely is playing some of the best basketball of his career. And it's incredible to see because, I mean, like Jalen Brown, man, I mean, level up, level up, level up. For every year of his career, it was like this is the one facet of his game that you always like. Not not a lot of guys really improve in this kind of stuff, um, but give it to Jalen who like is truly, truly committed to getting better every season and every day. And especially the way that he came off last season, the – no left hand, seven for a million or whatever it was in the game seven against Miami, um, the, the richest contract. We've heard nothing really about the contract for yeah. ages. Like no one being like, can you believe this guy's the highest player in the league? It's like, yeah, we can. Well, he's contributing to a team that's going to win 65 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last 10 games, 25, six, four and a half, 1.3 stocks. 2.7 turnovers. That's a 1.71 assist okay. to turnover ratio over wow, 10 games, man. Like that's pretty good. Um, 62.7 true shooting percentage. He's shooting over 50, 40, and then 75 from the line, which hey. is okay. And we're plus 20 per 100 possessions with him on the court. And that to me is the big number for Jalen because it's always been a bit strange that the advanced metrics never really caught up with Jalen's counting stats. Uh, Part of that's just because of our rotation. Tatum comes off. uh, We always fell apart. But this year, that is not the case. We're dominating in the minutes. Tatum's on the bench. And that's mostly because of Jalen Brown and his two-way impact. He always had a two-way reputation. I think it was a little bit unearned before this season. But it's earned this year, man. He's playing amazing on both ends. And yeah, it's the mindset. It's the knowing how unguardable he is that he's going to have help get sent to him and he just has to make the easy, simple pass and it's just going to open everything up for the rest of the team. And the fact that he is not driving aimlessly into a crowd of people, like he just doesn't do that anymore. I mean, once in a while, he'll get the ball poked away or I'll have one of his goofy like dribbles it off his foot turnovers. But um, when you don't compound that with bad decisions, you start to become a much more efficient and helpful player to your entire team. And he's done that. Yeah, and you're right, Jake. It's hard to go from all NBA second team and then get better at age 27. But he's he's done it, dude. And it's in the way we've all hoped. And it's like amazing to see. Yeah, was, and maybe my only disappointment from last night is that he didn't dunk on Wemby or at least try yeah. to because Jalen Brown has become such a reliable bad motherfucker. Like, and you can yes. you can feel it in road games as well. He's probably he's got the biggest like accounting stats of like ooing and ahhing the the road crowd as well. You can hear it on every game, and he just he has that like that BDE. You know, he's got that energy about him. <laughs> and people, people in the arena feel it. I can feel it through my TV at home. And for him to not, I guess he just didn't have the opportunity. But I, I fully expected him if he got any slither of an opportunity to, to go at Wemby and posterize him uh, he would have because he's becoming that reliable of a personality type so that just makes the game so entertaining to watch and we just have I said it on the last show an absolute embarrassment of riches right now and Jalen Brown is at the top of the pile it's that's a lot of fun we're having fun right now folks I love it I yes. love it the energy <laughs> shifter it absolutely is a factor the way that he enforces himself on the game this year like he's just dunking on everybody bringing it on defense. I, yeah. And Spoonie, the the driving into the lane thing, I can't remember a single time like in the second half of the season where he does the thing where he jumps in the air and gets oh, lost. Yeah. And then like 
that happened like four times a game in the playoffs. Just ha- doesn't happen anymore. It's a complete. He keeps his dribble alive and just backs someone down. And because he's so good, easy passes. Let's go, Jalen. Hmm. It means. Get- so Sorry. go ahead. Go ahead, Spoonie. I was going to say, he gets to the pivot game a lot more, right? Instead of mm. jumping, looking for a pass to bail himself out, he's like, I'll just hop step. And he's got all these like crazy pivot combos that people just can't guard. So I think that's another way he's like cut down the turnovers there is, yeah, the, I, you're right, Jake. I can't remember the last time he's jumped in the air and thrown it out of bounds. That was <laughs> maddening. Yeah. <laughs> and it all means like when guys like Kristaps Porzingis have as rough a shooting night as they did last night, four of 14 overall, 0 of 7 from three. And it doesn't matter because the, the team is firing on all, all cylinders and just the presence of Porzingis. And yeah, we've covered this since game one of the regular season. The presence alone allows guys like Jalen Brown to cook at that level. So just him being out there and being a theoretical three-point shooting threat, not even a practical one, is enough it seems. So Jake, Porzingis, bad shooting night last night. Does it even matter? No. And similar to Tatum in that when he has an off shooting night, it doesn't matter because he can still be impactful. The defense that he's playing is going is being underrated this season. Like last night he had a, that incredible block on on Chetty Osman that ended up leading to a a shot clock uh violation, Pritchard hounding Chetty and then Porzingis coming over late. That's what's great about Porzingis is like he's anchoring one of the best defenses in the league. So even if he's missing shots, he's still going to be doing that. And then the the gravity obviously impacting the rest of the offense. And this grifting son of a gun like I know, <laughs> four, four I for fourteen, it. six from but like six for six on the line. He's he's elite at getting himself to the free throw line, partly because of how dominant he is in mismatches and getting people with the pump fake. So patient, like he's he's just such a such a good player. And man, everybody, the rest of the league better watch out because he's like 33 percent from three this year, and that's gonna turn at some point. He's gonna go on a run and go scorched earth. Honestly, save it for the playoffs, KP. Save all those makes conference finals, finals. And uh, we'll just coast our way to Banner 18. That would be beautiful. I, I definitely think the shooting's going to come around because he's 36% on open threes, but 32% on wide open threes. And that just mm. makes absolutely no sense that he's only shooting 32% on wide open threes. So that's going to come back. And yeah, you're right, Jake. Defensively, his impact is... Ma- I think we almost miss him on that end more than we do on offense in games he doesn't play because he's so impactful. He's really a smarter defender than I knew might have been the Raptors game, but he jumped out on somebody late shot clock and doubled them and basically forced the shot clock violation. might have been him and Jalen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just great recognition. Like, OK, there's three seconds left on the shot clock. They can't get a pass. I'm just going to I'm just going to straight double get off my guy and go. Um, and it's that type of stuff that makes you from a good or decent defender to a great one. And he's approaching great defense in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Sam Hauser to move on. The slump is over, right? I'm not even posing that as a question because it's, it's <laughs> clearly over. Our guy, Drew Carter, coined, or not coined the phrase, used the phrase house party during the, the call last night as we further attempt to embed ourselves in, in Celtics <laughs> lore, which is yes. awesome to see. I uh, get crazy kicks from, from seeing that on, on the broadcast. But uh, just quickly, guys, before we move on, Sam Hauser, obviously um, more of a homebody so far in, in this season and that he's much better at home, struggles on the road a little bit from beyond the arc, but a uh, couple of games now where he's actually managed to hit at a decent clip from the three-point line. Yeah, was it a slump? Like he, he kind of missed shots for like like on and off for a couple like weeks. And even within there, he had a couple games where he was still 50%. Like his, he's been so much more consistent. Like the, the slump that he had last season where he was cold for pretty much an entire month. And that's yeah. partly probably due to maturing as a player and, and having the confidence that he's made it through a slump like he did last year when they were relying on him. Uh, and now knowing that he's got, he's going to get minutes no matter what. And he's able to shoot through. They want him to shoot through these slumps, but man, he, uh, it is great to see him knock down some shots on the on the road because like I think he's up to, yeah, I think you had it just there, Ben, right? Thirty six percent on the road, um, mm-hmm. which is absolutely acceptable. Uh, I, I'm I, I just maybe I'm just have got green colored glasses on. I don't, I don't feel like him missing or making shots is a home road related thing. It's just more the sample size of of shooting, um, specifically in Milwaukee where he's from, which is all that really matters. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's also just kind of the life of a shooter who only really takes threes as your field goal attempts. Like you go one for five one night and it looks bad, um, but you can't go three for five every night. Otherwise, you'd shoot 60 something percent. Although it feels like Hauser could at some I did, point. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that good. It's that pure. But, uh, you know, that I think that's just going to be how he's going to be for his entire career. But what matters is that he comes back up. And he's shooting like 45% on a high volume of threes this season and home road. Like I, maybe there's something to that, but I, I, I really don't think so. I think it's a small sample size right now. We're only 30 something games into the season. So um, what matters? Yeah. Is if he's making them in the playoffs, we will find out, but Hey, we should get more home games than road games in the playoffs. So we're good there anyway. For me, it's relative to expectations, though. So if he misses a shot, a shot that right. we expect every time to go in, <laughs> then it's a slump as far as I'm concerned until the next <laughs> shot goes in, which fortunately it never it is never too long to wait there for Sammy House Party Hauser. The Cornet Cater battle rages on. Just quickly, guys, before we get to a listener email, which one of you guys added these stats to the run sheet? Because uh, that's that was probably me. the quickest, quickest way to get through this is just to throw okay. to you guys. All right. You want me to just like, (laughs) uh, let me just like lay these out. I'll try to be quick because I probably went a little over. I'm going to write about this. So that's why I've got all this. For everyone listening at home, I'm looking at a spicy chunk of Kata Cornette stats right now. So prepare (laughs) yourselves. This is going to be Divorced level research, making an appearance (laughs) yet again. Correct. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I will just do it this way. Luke, significantly better defending the rim, holds players to much worse field goal percentage around the rim. Luke, 99th percentile as a role man. Kata, 87th. So, Luke, Luke, he's winning the battle there. Kata, more screen assists by about 1.5. Luke, boxes out less, even though I don't really trust NBA.com's box out numbers. They're terrible. Ban the um, Cornet contest. That's the that's yeah. why that's down, dude. <laughs> the Eclipse. Dude, that, Get that, rid of that yeah, thing. That, that's spot on, dude. So, <laughs> uh, our rebounding gets worse with both of them on the court. So, we rebound at 70%. Uh, uh, 70% rebound percentage with Luke on, Kata's 70.2. It improves with uh, both of them on the bench. So, like, no, that's a wash there. Kata, worst defensive rating on the team. Second worst is Luke. So, take (laughs) from that what you will. Uh, But Kata, plus 13 net rating, and Luke's Mm. only at plus 2.3. So, uh, yeah, that's a bunch of stats that probably nobody absorbed. But, uh, yeah, I, I I think I would probably lean Luke still i just trust him more with the with the ball in his hands but i don't know about you guys dude it's not even close like he's so (laughs) so much more solid and yeah uh the the net rating stuff it's because cater got to play in the clippers in the kings games he's barely played this season and he just happens to have been on uh and i guess you give him a little bit of credit for for being on the court when the Celtics were dominating but that was not a Cater-led blowout in Sacramento <laughs> no. or uh, LA for for those games. Cornette, over the last two games, averaging like, you know, since returning from the injury, obviously small sample, 16 points, six rebounds, two and a half assists. He's just, he just, he he knows where to be. He makes the right play. He's quick decisions. I, I'm I'm all aboard the, uh, the Luke Cornette hype train right now. I heard someone on Twitter t- today say, if Cornette keeps playing like this, he might price himself out of the Celtics. I'm like, I'm not worried about that yet. Uh, just now, but if that does happen, that's a that's a good that's a good development because that means the Cornet probably played well in the playoffs, which uh, is worth losing him because he ends up making four million or the mid the taxpayer mid level somewhere, which I would be pretty surprised still if he gets to that point. Mm. Yeah, you just need to be solid in that role, whether it's Cater or, or Cornet, like that deep in the big rotation and. Kata has some really electrifying physical talents uh, and has had some good moments, don't get me wrong, and especially relative to his two-way contract. But Luke has been more solid, more reliable in that really diminished role for longer stretches. So for me, it's Luke. But again, harping back to the last podcast, a ridiculous embarrassment of riches, even that far down the bench to be like, which one of these two guys who are both playing great, again, relative to expectations. um, It's really, really good to see. We're going to move on to a listener email. And by the way, you can email us at first of the floor eight at gmail.com send us your questions we'll chuck them on the podcast we'll argue about them we'll discuss them we'll uh, laugh at each other trying to answer them ridiculously (laughs) but this is an email from George Scriber and the subject of the email was Porzingis nickname and it goes as follows guys I was just curious (laughs) if anyone has considered Kavorka as a nickname for Kristaps Porzingis I do like Bear 
Slayer, but I think Kvorka is better. Kvorka <laughs> comes from a Seinfeld episode, a made-up word from the Latvi- Latvian Orthodox Church and refers to Kramer having quote the lure of the animal i think it would be a great nickname and i'm kind of surprised it hasn't been brought up already google kavorka and decide for yourselves love the podcast start listening a year ago and haven't missed one thank you very much keep up the great work thank you for the email george i do have a clip here just for (laughs) added context guys i told you what I told you she liked me. Who? Sister Roberta. How do you know? She told me. She says she's never had a man stir up all these feelings inside of her. She's questioning her faith. She's thinking of leaving the church. Wow. Oh, right. This power. <laughs> Look what I'm doing. I'm dangerous, Jerry. I'm very, very dangerous. Um, you wanted to see me, Father? Yes, please. Sit down. Sister Roberta came to see me yesterday. I I know what this is about, Father. I didn't do anything. I just spoke to her innocently for just a few minutes. It's just that I... I have this power. Yes. Kavorka. Kavorka? It is a Latvian word, which means the lure of the animal. So have you guys been feeling the lure of the animal oh this season? Do you think it's a nickname, yeah, yeah. Kvorka? I mean, great. Like, there's not a lot of, like, Latvian references in Western pop culture. I've been feeling the lure of the animal from Porzingis. I think we could safely say we all have. Is Kvorka, uh, is it a nickname that we can get to stick? Should we get Drew back on the podcast and start name dropping the Kvorka? <laughs> this, is, this is, like, this is a first of the floor nickname because... Drew Carter's not going to be able to drop this one on the, uh, on the podcast. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you ha- can we run this two-minute clip of Seinfeld on the uh, podcast just so we can uh, get the context for everybody? But, I mean, this is this is beautiful. Kramer, Porzingis, two two legends. You know, you can't can't go past these, dude. Well, I think we've got to get Latvian Pete's t- uh, thoughts here. I know he's not in the chat here today, but um, we'll definitely uh, we'll have to get his thoughts because I feel like he might have to be um, the last last say on this one. Yeah, we got to consult our Latvian expert. Exactly. Uh, Pete, for sure. But I could definitely see some uh, playbacks where we're just screaming Kavorka very loudly. Um, it, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. I will mm. say that's kind of one downside to it. But uh, uh, yeah, no, it's fun. It's funny. Seinfeld reference. Like, yeah, you can't hate on that. Yeah. And, and look, could I have cut that clip down to be a little shorter? Sure. And maybe that, that might be the difference maker in this one. But uh, we, appreciate, we appreciate listeners sending in emails with any kind of proposal. Um, so let's try the next playback stream. We'll see if we can get that out there and uh, see if it sticks with the, the, the many people joining us on those Celtics blog playback streams. Um, let's move on to this, guys. It's the 2nd of January here in Sydney, Australia, and I'm sure down there in, in Tasmania as well, Jake. Yeah, that's right. Still the first in the States, just. What, as a team, as a whole, Spoonie, should be the Celtics' most uh, highly prioritized New Year's resolution? Ooh, um, hmm. That's a great question. I, I think maybe defensively, just continue. Do you want a joke answer or a real one? Because I'm hitting you with a real answer. (laughs) Whatever whatever comes Uh, first. (laughs) Okay. All right. So first, I would say defensively, just kind of continue to hone. Maybe hit the glass a little bit harder, even though they're a good rebounding team. It just seems like once in a while they have those games um, like against the Pistons where they can't keep them off the glass. So just eliminate those kind of games where you lose a little bit of focus. Oh, that's great, Rivens. <laughs> um, and then uh, joke one, I would say do whatever you can to allow that JB Kristaps uh, friendship, yeah. budding friendship to flower. Uh, maybe get them in some commercial, like a Duncan's mm. commercial together, something like that. You know, something a little goofy, like, can I buy you a coffee, Chris? You know, <laughs> that's good. Okay. Good stuff. Real, real resolution. Keep up the pace. Crank up the pace. I think that with when this team is playing fast, and maybe more specifically, Tatum, please crank up the pace. Feels like everybody's on board. Jalen's like constantly talking about the pace. I'm just like, I'm wondering what's going through Jalen's head sometimes when <laughs> it's like Tatum just stops the ball uh-huh. and uh, does something does something slow. Um, but you know. Lead by example, play fast. I love you, Jalen, for continuing to talk about it as well. Play fast, both as a team, Tatum specifically. And then I think we've got to, we've got to really um, hone in on Derek White and how we're pampering him and his family. <laughs> you know, Hendrix and uh, I forget the name of his new uh, kid as well. But Daxon, you know, is that it? That sounds 
sounds familiar. The, but the extension talks, maybe a miss from Brad. He should just said yes to whatever the number was in the mm-hmm. uh, offseason because the number's going up. They're yeah. coming up here. And you have to pay whatever it is at this point. Like, it, it's going to be – like, it's probably going to be $40 million at annual salary. And I think you just have to keep Derek White, Porzingis, Tatum, and Jalen together forever. So – Absolutely. Um, yeah. Be very nice to, to Derek. Be very nice to Derek and his family would be my resolution. These are sound <laughs> resolutions, guys. Just very quickly to circle back on, on Kavorka. I know Jake's loving this. We've got Martins in the in the chat here who says, I'm Latvian and I don't know such a word. Uh, he also yeah. says it's not a Latvian thing. I don't think that Jerry Seinfeld and David, Larry David, um, yeah. thought that Chris Porzingis would would come along and popularize Latvia in Western <laughs> pop culture. Um, but here we go. Uh, all right, good to tie a bow on that. For me, New Year's resolutions for the Celtics, just do it in the playoffs, right? You've been great for an extended yeah. stretch here, uh, well beyond, what, 30 games now. Uh, we've all come to rely on this new iteration of the Celtics, but the playoffs have their own demons, I think, for the team themselves. And what we saw, you know, how demons do come back to bite you is as recently as that Warriors game. It is a thing. Um, in terms of like getting the monkey off your back and, and shaking those mental cobwebs. We've had troubles on the playoffs recently, executing down the stretch, crunch time, etc., closing out series. So resolution, be this new awesome version of yourselves in the playoffs. Um, for me, it's that simple. Folks, listening later, listening now in the chat, let us know your thoughts, your own funny New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions for the Celtics. We want to hear it all, so let us know. And while you're at it, like the stream and subscribe as well. We're going to end on this, guys. The upcoming schedule is becoming a little bit more challenging for the Celtics after a brief, a brief quote-unquote yeah. easy stretch this, where we almost got beaten by the Pistons and the Raptors. Now we've got the Thunder on the road tomorrow there, a really hot oh, team yeah. at the moment. Back home for the Jazz, maybe a Kelly Olynyk audition, a re-audition for Brad Stevens, <laughs> even though his contract is sort of prohibitively sized and it's probably not a, a possible acquisition for the Celtics. And then back-to-back away games games against Aaron Neesmith's Pacers mm. guys. So starting with the Thunder game, Jake, I'll, I'll throw to you, you know, as an Aussie connection with the team, although maybe we're somewhat distancing yeah, yeah. ourselves from that. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about, man. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you expect this Thunder game to go? Because it is one of the more talented teams that we'll have faced in, in a while, I suppose. I'd say that the Thunder is the team that I've watched the most outside of the Celtics this season, just because uh, partly it would start with the Josh Giddy connection, um, partly because I, I have a bet on the Thunder to win the Western Conference at 70 to 1. And I'm keeping my eye out. I have a Chet Holmgren mm. to win Rookie of the Year, year bit as well. Things are uh, looking good from that perspective. They're so fun to watch, though. They're a two way team. They defend, they run, they drive and kick. Like they're similar to the Celtics, a lot of drive and kick. Um, I'm really interested to see how we defend them. Like SGA has been unstoppable, averaging like 31 a game, mid range. I, I want to see. Like, do we get a little playoff game plan? Do we, like, you know, when when Drew's on Embiid, obviously a different team, but so is there something different? I'm always interested to, to why teams don't play off SGA a little bit more. He's not really a three-point shooter. Doesn't take a lot, doesn't make a lot either. So I would, like, give him a little bit of space because he's just so, so good at driving and he's relentless. He leads the league and drives per game by, like, a sizable margin. I love the way that he plays. Uh, question in the chat, uh, is Drew back? Full team, injury report, completely clean. No one questionable. Everyone is out. I love the way they actually bought some rest for this team here. Um, Tatum got a night off, uh, Jalen and uh, Drew here as well. Not Derek White, of course, but uh, he's an Iron Man. But yeah, Doesn't defensively is when I'm really intrigued to see how we uh, game plan for the for the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see who takes the, the shy. Um the shy matchup. I, I probably will be Drew if I had to guess because Shy's a little big for Derek White, and you kind of want Derek on some of their shooters. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I just I have a bad feeling about this Thunder game. I think this is probably one we drop. It we mm. we haven't. We're nine and one in our last ten, right? Like we got to lose another game at some point soon here. So I think I probably have this one pegged. <laughs> Yeah, well, Everyone's let me just healthy. dust off a, dust off a couple of these, cleaning the glass, uh, last two weeks, stats again. Uh, and it's it's <laughs> yes. pretty terrifying looking at OKC, uh, second in point differential past two weeks, second ranked offense, first ranked defense. So they're well and truly up there with us and well and truly well above us defensively in the past two weeks. We're just flying, I think, fresh from San Antonio. I don't think they went home via Boston at all. No. Um, OKC, somewhat well-rested, playing at home, sleeping in their own beds. They're a fantastic team. This is going to be one of the most 
challenging games of the season thus far. Yep. And we continue to go through this cycle. We talk about it all the time where the team, uh, maybe they struggle a little bit on the road or against um, some more challenging teams. Well, we say, oh, we really need a stretch at home. We really need a nice stretch against some sub 500 teams to reset ourselves. And then we get that and they rattle off nine and one, as you said, Spoonie. And then suddenly the, the desire is, okay, now let's see it against a really good team. Well, now we have this matchup against a really, really good team. It is going to be really challenging, but uh, I think we're, we're ready for it. Sticking with that cycle, we've arrived at, at this point again, and it's time to see how we hold up against a really good team. I haven't looked at the odds, but I would assume that we're favorites like because of just how dominant we've been, um, but it's going to be close. Yeah, we're favorites by like two and a half, three. Like, so it's, it's it's very close. It's a it's a close spread. It's the closest spread we've had for for a while, like for, mm-hmm. for a good while outside of the... Um, which game was it where we not favored in? Uh, the Kings game. That's because we had no... Um, no Tatum, Tatum and no yeah. Hawthorne. That was a back to back. Yeah, a back to back. And there was just bad vibes around the team after that one. So, like, that's the only game I think we may not have been favoring. This is like the closest one since then. But yeah, the, uh, and then the KP Chet thing, Unicorn versus Unicorn. Uh, these guys are going to be up for this. I guarantee it. It's going to be, it's going to be a good game. And I think a lot of people are going to be watching this one. Hmm. Guys, an absolute miracle to have brought this home uh, within a, the one hour mark. I, I didn't think we were going to do it. The odds were against us, but here we are, uh, 59 minutes and 30 seconds. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, guys? No, dude, you got 22 seconds. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, let's call it. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. Please, if you haven't already, hit that like button. Please subscribe. Thank you to Seal and Esper presenting the First of the Floor podcast. Spoonie Jake, happy new year to you and everyone. Love your happy work, guys. Year, Until next time, Woo! go Celtics. Celtics.